kids, including all of her siblings at that time, to Jesus. And at that time, I was nine years old. And um, so when I really know at that moment that I believed in Jesus and I accepted him as my Savior and asked him to forgive my sin, later I did fall away from that and uh, for a time and, and came back. But at that same time, you know, I was nine, I started getting these weird things, and then I wouldn't tell anyone because I thought I was weird. And it was that I would have dreams and visions of, of um, the rapture, actually, of Jesus coming to earth. And, um, you know, if they come true, Jesus is coming um, back on Pine Knot Avenue. Because <laughs> he came back right behind the house where we lived. And up there, and, and uh, he was there, and I, ma- I mean, it was so vivid, though, and I'm, I'm not a real, uh, I don't see these pictures all the time, but I would see him come back, and, and I was afraid. I wasn't afraid of God. Um, I was afraid of going to heaven. And, and I, I wouldn't tell anybody for years, because I loved Jesus, and I wanted to serve him when I came back to the Lord in my teens, I would have those same pictures, and I would still be afraid. And, I, and I'm going to confess, this fear was so big that into my 20s and early 30s, some nights I would cry. And this, I'm being really open and honest here, of the fear of going to heaven. Because, okay, this isn't, this isn't a joke. And you're like, where's the setup here? This is no joke. I'm, I tell a lot of jokes. I couldn't imagine being in heaven forever. I mean, and, and it started when I was young because when you're young, your summer break is lo- a long time, you know? I mean, by the and when I was young, I couldn't wait to go back to school to see my friends. That was three months. And I had this fear of what will we do forever? When I finally got bold enough to share with some people, I began to find that there were other people who had similar fears as Christians. So that's why I'm sharing it this morning. Because we can't imagine. The Bible says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor entered the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. And, and so we can't quite uh, understand and imagine what heaven's going to be like. And honestly, you know, we've got bad pictures of like, I don't like to play the harp. I definitely don't look good in a diaper. <laughs> right? I mean, we have some strange pictures of angels in heaven. And, 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 and anything. And what, it, what finally sunk in, and I knew up here somehow that it, it, it can't be bad. But I mean, I, could ev- I couldn't even go to Disneyland every day for the rest of my life. Right? I mean, you know, I like Disneyland. Think of the best thing, fishing. Some of you are like, you know what? I might be able to fish every day for the rest of my life, maybe. But, but pick the biggest thing, and you're like, is, ugh. So here, here's what I began to rest on, and the Lord began to show me is that he is good, and he loves me, and eternity is going to be amazing. And, and a few years back, I actually did a study, and, and I may do it again in the, in the future. We did like 10 or 12 weeks on heaven. 
And it was the best study, one of the best studies of my life because I really f figured out I was so wrong about heaven. But, but without going into 10 weeks of sermons in the next three minutes, um, heaven is going to be amazing. And, and here's, here's at least a glimpse. We stop at that scripture. The scripture is quoted a minute ago. No eye has seen, no ears heard, enter the heart of man what God has prepared for those of us who love him. Are you guys, familiar, some of you familiar with that scripture? Most of us stop right there. And I did for years. If you read on, the next part says, but God has revealed it in our heart. I'm like, okay, it's not in my mind. I can't hear it. I can't see it. But somehow he's put it into my heart what he has for me. When I'm in worship, and not just singing the songs, when I'm in worship and I get swept up into a moment of being in the presence of God, all time stops and I don't want to leave. Now some of you are going, I don't know what you're talking about. I encourage you, keep pressing in until you do. And I go, okay, if it has anything like that, heaven's going to be awesome. And it will be. And we'll, we'll, you know, if you want, go back about five or so years. You can find the, the thing on our website um, on, the, on the series in heaven. Um, it, it's actually very informative, and, and you can learn up. But, but the big thing is when we get there, it's going to be amazing. And as we were worshiping and just in his presence, thank you, Lord. I thought, oh, isn't heaven going to be wonderful? And, and I, I realized if you are, are well, Pray, hopefully you're not anything like me, but if you're like me and you're like, I don't know about that heaven thing. I'm okay here, but that is, it's going to be really, really good because God is good himself. That you can take to the bank. And um, speaking of taking some to the bank, we're going to receive an offering. <laughs> Just a minute here, so you can get your tithes and offering ready, but really, you can, you can hold on to this is unknown. This, it, you, how much of life is unknown to us, right? I mean, come on. You might be going through a trial, and you don't even know what's going to happen. There's people with diagnoses of, of sickness in this room. Maybe you haven't shared it, or maybe it's already known of, of impending um, grief or even death. We don't know what tomorrow holds next week. We, we just don't. But we can trust the God who's good. We can trust the God who's good. As we give, this is not scripted. Most of what I do is not scripted. comes from my heart. As we give, as you give today, you might be in the place where like, I don't have enough money to give. If I give, I don't know what I'm going to do next week. Listen, if God is telling you to give, then trust him because he can be trusted. Giving sometimes is, a, is just a step, an act of obedience and faith. There's times giving is like, no problem, I've got it. No problem. Boom, that's great. But if, if today it's like, ooh, I don't know, but you feel that tug of God saying, give, trust me. I will encourage you, do it. You will not regret it. God is so good and big. Let's pray for the offering. Um, God's doing a lot of good stuff. Father, we thank you that you have provided for us as individuals. Thank you that you will continue to take care of our families and us. God, we, we are blessed beyond measure. So today as we give an offering and a tithe, God, we give a portion back of how you've already blessed us. We give in faith and obedience according to your word, but not begrudgingly or out of obligation. 
other than the obligation to love you. Bless this offering, God. I pray that you would expand it for the, the ministries here at the Journey Church so that we can reach, continue to reach people, reach more people, and be built up as the body and family of Christ here in this place. We pray a blessing on this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. We've got a, a couple of announcements to make. And uh, I asked Jesse if I could go ahead and do those because they're um, come really close to my heart. And, uh, sorry, excuse me. The, the first one is our potluck baptism, barb not potluck, barbecue baptism next week, Sunday. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, another get-together. This is for the, the church. We're going to do a baptism and, and a barbecue. We do this every year. It's about, about a week or two forward because sometimes Whispering Pines closes the pool on Labor Day. And I thought, let's go ahead and make sure we can do get that while it's open so the kids can swim. And so it's next Sunday. Uh, we're going to provide hamburgers and hot dogs and uh, the buns and things like that. You guys bring a side or dessert to share. It's going to be pretty much after church, enough time for you to go home and get your stuff and come back. The baptism will probably be at 1230 um, because it takes a while to get there. So I'm thinking, you know, 12 o'clock, show up, start fellowshipping. We'll, we'll move over, have the baptism. If any of you want to be baptized, um, it's a great opportunity to do that. Please let me know, and we will make sure that that happens. There's, a, there's a, at least one, a couple maybe happening next uh, Sunday. We'll have a great afternoon together, and uh, yeah, so, so put that on your, in your calendars. Um, also, for our events and things, we have the church Facebook page, but also the church website, the Journey Church Big Bear has an events page. From that, you can find information about things that are coming up and uh, even sometimes like registration forms and whatnot. Another one I want to talk to you about is the men's retreat. The men's retreat. First, I was going to call it the men's fishing trip because that is such a that's part of it, and it's, it's a great thing. But the men's retreat is the 22nd, 23rd of September, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, coming back Thursday. We're going to Panguitch Lake in Utah, um, and so it's, it's a little bit of a drive, so we'll leave Monday morning. We'll get up there um, Monday afternoon. We'll, we'll be doing going through a video series together. We went last year. It was an amazing time. It was one of those things that, that I says, we're doing this every year, and if any, no one else comes, I guess I'll come by myself because it, it's good. It's great to be together with other men. We have maximum of 10, 12 12 slots. Six of them are already booked. Seven are already booked. Um, so we, we, we I invite you. It's going to be a great time. We, we'll, like I said, we'll be doing a men's video. we got a house to, to stay in. Um, it's man food, okay, for the week. It's man food. So, we, you know, that's good eggs and pancakes and, you know, bacon and all that good stuff. Um, you know, bring your cholesterol pills and your high blood pressure pills. Um, we'll be fishing. We'll be loving each other, getting to know each other. I'm, I'm spending some time on this because I really encourage you to, to go um, and make that happen. Here's the thing. We need a deposit. We need, we, we need some skin in the game because otherwise we have to change some things like smaller boat and things like that. We run a pontoon boat, and we're basing this off of, um, we're basing this off of needing 10. 
um, anything less than that, we got to change some things just to cover the cost. So do that. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, I'm going to start calling out. Did you pay yet? Did you? I won't do that to you. Anyway, so, so I think those are, those are, oh, and one more announcement, um, prayer. Um, Bobby, raise your hand, Bobby, if you're here. She is not this morning. Okay, so this was through, through Jesse, that's why. Um, Bobby Martinez, who has the PTL ministry and bookstore. Again, we have a Christian bookstore in Big Bear. If you don't know that, you need to know it. It's on Knickerbocker and Petter, um, right in, in the village. It's got great books. They can order anything buy local, support her. She is a great godly woman, but it's a ministry, so she's doing a prayer workshop next Saturday. Uh, I encourage it. It's an hour long, but it teaches you how to pray and gives you even a format if you want to, if you like, you know what, I've always wanted to pray for more than 10 seconds. That's what a lot of our prayers like, or we do the prayer, oh, God bless them, God bless them. But you said, I've always wanted to like pray longer, I just don't know how to do it. She'll give you a format. I'm not saying you have to do this every time you pray, but that you can actually have an hour of prayer that is powerful and life-giving to you and give you a, a, a jump start in your prayer. S- uh, Jesse, remind me the t- starting time. Okay, 9 to 10, 15. So I encourage you to do that. Um, I don't know if you have to sign up, but you can let her know or let me know if, you, if you're going to go. And that would be um, great. All right. Pray, pray. We are in the book of Genesis this morning. I hope some of you have read a little bit in Genesis and, and kind of keeping up with the, 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 the account of the early patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We're going to be spending some time over the next couple weeks, uh, at least uh, two, three weeks, talking about Jacob and some of the things in his life. I'm going to semi-go in in, uh, chronological orders. We cover some of the accounts, but I'm going to have to jump a little bit here and there to kind of pull some parts together as we study. (sighs) I want to pray real quick. Lord, as, as I go into this time, you know that um, there's a lot of messages this morning, God, and um, I just pray that you would bring out the, the one specifically, God, that's for this morning. As we spend time in your word, let it come alive. Help us to, yes, learn things here, but also, God, be touched, impacted in our heart, in our walk for you, with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, who is this Jacob? Well, let's, let's go real quick to, as we're going through the, the we, um, Bible this, over the last number of weeks in these accounts, we learn about Abraham, and we spend a number of weeks on Abraham. Abraham is throughout Genesis. He's, he's uh, got a number of chapters dedicated to his life. Some of what we're going to learn today is, is, in a sense, academic. Um, so those that really like to learn history, there's some great stuff in here. But, but we're going to also make sure we understand there's some points to everything we talk about or most things we talk about that can impact our life. So Genesis uh, had a lot of talking about Abraham, one of the three fathers of the faith, if you read the Bible and, and know anything um, about Judaism, is they still talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Funny thing about Isaac is he's pretty much in one chapter. And we know really nothing about Isaac. He's a mild man. In fact, if you read Genesis chapter 26 um, about Isaac, Isaac built uh, digs wells. Isn't that funny? You ever think about that, Mick? 
the whole chapter is Isaac, he's digging a well, and they're covering it up, and he's digging a well, they find water, and they call it Beersheba, and anyway, that's it. Isaac was a, was a mild man, but he's in the, the lineage, and, and God said that he would bless him. He's the son of promise that was promised to Abraham. But, but you know, unfortunately, one of the things we learn about Isaac is, is that he follows in the footsteps of his dad for the good. In fact, a lot of the wells that he digs are his dad's wells. They just redigs them. But he also does something else that his dad did, which is something we can learn from. Fathers, when you make mistakes, your sons often make the same mistakes. Remember Abraham lying about who his wife was so she wouldn't get killed? We find Isaac doing the exact same thing. It's really kind of interesting. Um, but Isaac, one of the things he does is he fathers two kids, twins. Jacob and Esau. Esau is the older, born first. Jacob is the younger son. Last week we talked a little bit about him. His, his name literally means, um, is related to the heel. Uh, there was an understanding that meant the one who grabs the heel or one who would be deceptive or trick, a trickster, um, one who would, would do these things, and that was his name you know, as he was born. We're going to find out that his name fits him. He rises to the occasion. We talked about last week how he, um, he, he bartered in a trickful way to get the bl- um, firstborn blessing of the dad. Can you remember that last week? See, the, the being firstborn would come with a responsibility of being the patriarch of the family. And, and he got that from Esau by not quite deception, but by bartering and bargaining. He, we find out he's a bargaining type of guy. He's, we're going to learn about that today. So he does this thing with his brother, and his brother's hungry, and he, he says, listen, I'll, I'll feed you if you come. Well, now let me set this up a little bit. The Bible says that um, Esau was a man of the field, and he was a hunter. And Jacob was um, a man of the, of the tents. And, and we often give him the bad rap and say, oh, he was the mama's boy because his mom loved him, and Esau was the macho manly man, which in some ways is true. But as we read in the Hebrew about this, we actually find out that Jacob is not just kind of a little bit more mild. Yes, he's got this other side we're going to see, but he is uh, faithful. He's taking care of business. Um, Esau is a man of the fields. He's a hunter. Now, this is a little interesting, but the only that I could find, the only other talking about a hunter in the Bible was Nimrod, who also did not love and serve God. Um, the idea of the field, when Jesus in the New Testament is talking about the fields, the fields are a representation of the world. I think there's a connection here. Esau was a man of the field. He was out doing what he wanted to do. And, and he was a man of the field, or he was a worldly man. We actually find out that Esau marries women who are of the world. They're not from God. They're not of the right lineage. So Esau, is, he might be this manly man, but he is not really serving God. And he's out hunting, doing his thing, and Jacob is taking care of business at home. He's actually already doing the things that the firstborn should. Let's take care of mom. So he's cooking. That's when Esau comes in and he says, if you want some food, uh, give me your birthright. The Bible says he despised his birthright. In other words, he didn't want anything to do with being the spiritual leader uh, of the clan. And he says, that's fine. Just take it. I just want some food. Okay. 
last week's message has a lot on that. Encourage you can go and hear that on, online. Thanks to Doug who loads them up every week. So we're in now chapter 27. And in addition to this being the firstborn, a father would bless his children. So we're going to find out a few things over the next couple weeks about Jacob. That, that Jacob, um, according to Hebrews 11, it, he's in the, in the hall of faith. In Hebrews 11, there's a talks about all the men of faith in the Bible, and Jacob makes it. And yet we see him as one who's conniving, tricking, bargaining with God, um, and, 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 and so what happened? So I actually think, um, as, as I was really reading this and listening to a lot of uh, teaching and reading in the commentaries, I realized that Jacob didn't start off with faith. He struggled his way to faith. And that's a lot of, a lot of people in this room. You, you, you ha- have been in the past and maybe still are today struggling your way to faith in God. And along the way, he makes a lot of mistakes. In fact, I, I, I am beginning to really believe that he doesn't have a real faith in God of his own until w- way after this chapter, we're going to get there. He's struggling to faith, but he makes it. We can be encouraged that in your struggle, in your faith, trying to figure things out, that if you keep pressing in, keep seeking, that, that you will find the faith that you're looking for. One, some, some wonderful things, as you read the word, as you hear sermons, as you're encouraged, you can look at the things in your life before you have to experience them and change them so you don't have to experience some of the things that Jacob did for us. When Jacob and Esau were born, God told his mother that the younger would be served by the older. The older would serve the younger. And, and in, in this culture, that was unheard of, except that God keeps doing it. And we're going to, as we keep continue on, we find out that God chooses the younger over the older many, many times. David, who was the youngest. Um, and so uh, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, had this in her heart that, that Esau was going to somehow serve the younger. Well, in this culture, that's going to be really hard because the oldest is going to get the the blessing and he's going to get the blessing of the firstborn two different things i believe that one of the things that was in in jacob's heart might have been hey i'm supposed to have this this uh esau's supposed to serve me so somehow i've got to get the birthright some of us have been given promises from god directions from god that we have attempted to gain for ourselves Let's go into this and keep that in mind as we go in here. Now, it came to pass when Isaac was old, his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son, and he answered, here I am. Now, Isaac prefers Esau. I, it's not a good thing for a mom and dad to have favorites, you know. Um, anyways, there's a joke in there, but we'll go on that. Isaac preferred Esau. Rebecca preferred Jacob. Rebecca is also holding on to a promise that Jacob is supposed to somehow be the leader that the younger is going to uh, that the older is going to serve him. But Isaac, I, I I'm I can't imagine Rebecca did not tell Isaac this. I just kind of have a feeling at some point Rebecca's like, "Hey, did you know that Esau is going to serve Jacob?" Isaac isn't on board yet. He calls Esau and he said. 
I'm, I'm about to die. Now, he doesn't die for a long time. I think he had a sickness. I think something was happening to him. His eyes were dim. He doesn't die for a long time after this, more than like 50 years. It's a long time. But it seemed like he was on his deathbed. Go, get me my favorite meal, get some venison, cook it up the way I like, bring it to me so I can bless you. And Esau wants a blessing. This is the father's blessing. This is a, a prophetic moment. This is a, a blessing that would include with it from in, in this culture, in that culture, where the father would give him a prophetic blessing of, of how he would be in the future. But it also include like uh, last will and testament instructions like you will be the head of our house and everyone's going to serve you. And this is kind of it. And in and, and this culture that we're talking about, this blessing was so incredibly important it, it, w much more important than it is today. Our words are nothing. Some of you grew up in the era where you could walk into a bank. Your, maybe your parents did. They walked into a bank and said, hey, I need a loan. And they said, sure, let's shake on it. And they actually got a loan to buy something by their word and a handshake. We've come a long way from that. Our words don't mean anything. In this culture, words are powerful. Listen, in this cult today, words are still powerful. We just don't think they are you know that they're powerful because you've been cursed by somebody and it's affected you. I don't mean they did some hex. I mean, they've said things to you out of, out of anger. And they said, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean that. And you're like, yeah, well, I felt it. Okay, words do have weight and power. So the blessing of the Father was very, very important. So Rebecca's in the back. Isaac is telling Esau, go get me my meal, then I'm going to bless you. Rebecca then does this wonderful thing. She says, hey, Jacob, your, your dad's about to bless your brother, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to trick him. You're going to dress up like Esau. You're going to put these hairy skins on your arms and on your neck, and I'm going to cook the food so that you can go get the blessing from your dad. And they do it. And he goes, and, and, ja and Jacob says to his mom, he says, what if he finds out it's me and I get a curse rather than a blessing? And I don't know if you read through that like I read through tons of times. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be bad. Until I slowed it down, I went, wait a second. He's not even, he doesn't care about whether he's doing the right thing. He doesn't care if God wants him to do it. He just doesn't want to get cursed. I don't want the bad things to happen. Guys, that's some of us. We don't care if we're doing the right thing. We only care if we get caught. God wants us to walk upright even when nobody's watching. And so he, t and, and, and he says, what if, what if he, I, he figures it out and he curses me? And, and mom says, don't worry about it. Let the curse fall on me. Just obey me. Jacob is not a kid here. He's, he's more than 40. His age is, is definitely unknown. There's some, a, a lot of debate about how old he is. He's definitely more than 40. Um, he could be as old as like 60, 65, 70 years old at this time. So he should have his own brain by now. I know some kids take a while to develop one. 25 is usually an average age. And he does it, and he, and he goes through this whole process, just as his mom said, and he, and he goes into his dad, and his dad can't see. It says his, his eyes were dim. I believe they were also dim spiritually. Actually, I don't think Isaac, he's, I think, in rebellion. And we're going to find out some, some things in this. And, but he hears the voice. He says, well, who are you, son? And, and this is where Jacob... Now he's gone into the full-fledged lying. He's at first just tricking him. He's got the hair on. His mom cooked the food. 
But now this is the first time he's going to open his mouth and lie about it. Who are you? I am Esau, your firstborn. And he goes, huh? Well, come near me. And um, he goes through a process that dad smells him. Um, and, and he confirms, unfortunately, wrongly, that this is his firstborn Esau. That's the verse 19. Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I've done just what you told me. Please arise. No, he did just what his mom told him. Please arise, sit and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. He just wants the blessing. He wants a blessing. He's not trying to please his dad, not trying to please God. He's not in, in, a, in a good place. Now check this out. Verse 20. Isaac said to him, How is it you found it so quickly, my son? And now let's bring one more deception, lie, and make it heavier. Because the Lord, did you see that in verse 20? The Lord your God brought it to me. I'm going to deceive. I'm going to lie. And now I'm going to do, when I was young, this is what, we, you know, my, all my buddies, you know, if, if you really want to know the truth from your friend, you'll say, swear on the Bible. I don't know if you guys did that before. I was, swear on the Bible. That's what he's doing. The Lord your God gave it to me. So he goes, he gives him the meal, and Isaac blesses him. And he blesses him with a, with a father's blessing to the firstborn. And he said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. And here it comes. This is what Rebekah has wanted, and she knew that it needed to come from Isaac. Let people serve you. Nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren. This is a declaration that is binding. It's binding. It's, it's, it's a legal transaction. Let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Esau comes in. He cooks the meal. He tries to give it to his dad. His dad says, wait, huh? Who was in here? Where did the man go that I blessed? And Esau weeps. He weeps. He's, he's, he's angry. He says, bless me too, O my father. Well, remember, Esau despised his birthright. He doesn't care about the family. He's looking for a blessing. Unfortunately, so is Jacob. They're both equal. All they want is give me something. Give me a blessing. Rebecca's got a different sin going on. But we need to hone in on that. Many people, they just want a blessing from God. They just want a blessing from, from everything. In, in the days past, there were a lot of people who would work for a company, and part of their thinking was, I'm going to be faithful to this company. I'm a man of honor, and I'm going to work for this company. I want to be a blessing to the company. That is going away more and more in our society. As Christians, I want to bring that back. I want, we need to be people who say, I want to bless the people with, that I'm with. I want to bless my employees. I want to bless my employer. And in the process, thank you, Jesus, I get some money too. And that's foreign in our culture. But I believe it's a godly, godly stance. Many people are just like, no, no, I don't care about them. I'm just going to do my job. When they, if they're ever mean to me, I'm just out of there. No, 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 no. This is what this Jacob and Esau both have this in common. Give me a blessing. Give me, give me, give me. If your walk with the Lord is always, Lord, bless me, 
forgive me, provide for me, and never, Lord, how may I serve you? How may I serve the neighbor? How can I serve the church? That I encourage you to spend some more time with the Lord and say, wait, wait a second, I think that God is like a genie. And just rub the bottle and get what I need. We, we don't want to seek the blessing. We want to have a relationship with God and let him move through us. Jacob doesn't have this yet, but I believe he begins to get it. It takes almost his whole life. So this whole transaction goes. Isaac's blessing to, to his son Esau is as best as he can do. Historically, if you read that, he still blessed him. And he, this is what he says to him, because you know, Esau wanted a blessing too, and Isaac wanted him to have it. Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth. That's like riches. You're going to have, you're gonna, you know, we're just praying this as a prophetic thing of you. Of the dew of heaven from above, by your sword you shall live. And you shall serve your brother. It shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. Here's what I think Isaac is doing. This is just, this is my, my opinion. He goes, I know that you are really ticked off right now and this is going to change your life I think there's a prophetic thing in here this, this event's going to change your life Guys, you may have had a change of life moment where something really bad happened to you and it set your life on fire for the bad you were hurt you were wounded somebody wronged you and you became like Esau will become unfortunately, without repentance. And remember, from, from this, this line, there's a lot of uh, bad things happening in the world and in, in the Arab, Arab side. You will live by the sword. He goes, yeah, I, this is going to change your life, and you're going to become an angry man. You know, we don't have to walk into that prophecy ourselves. It was the best blessing. He says, and, and yes, your brother's gonna, you're going to serve your brother, but someday you're going to be able to break off the yoke. There's going to be some things. And we saw that the line of Esau and the line of Jacob who becomes Israel, they clashed forever. And there were times that, that they had to serve Israel and there were times that they broke off that. So check this out. This next, starting in verse 41, there's some things and I'm going to just summarize and bring, bring this to a close and hit some more next week. 41 through the next section, um, somebody dies. If you've read this, it, it, it says... Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with his father. Blessed him, Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand and then I will kill my brother. I was confused about that forever. Is anyone else confused on that? Okay, you're like, wait. Because we've seen a couple more chapters, Isaac is alive. And he lives to be 180 and like right now he's like maybe 120, 130. It wasn't, he's not talking about, he's not talking about Isaac. He's actually talking about one of his grandfathers. In this culture, grandfathers, great-grandfathers would call children any of their descendants. Uh, Laban actually does this in two chapters from now. When you get there, you'll see it. Laban calls um, his daughter's children his children. He doesn't call them his grandchildren. So the days of mourning for his father are at hand. They're mourning for somebody. It's, believe it or not, it's probably Shem. Yes, the son of Noah. He knew him. Shem probably died right about now. He's mourning, and he says, as soon as I mourn great, 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 great grandpa Shem, I'm going to kill my brother. I'm going to kill him. 
you've been wronged and that's happened to you. And you've said, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to do something. We, we need to, to avoid that. Rebecca knows that. And here she goes, whoa, what did I do? So uh, Rebecca knows. God told her, my son Jacob is supposed to be the head. The blessing is going to come through Jacob, not Esau. Esau is going to serve Jacob. I better do this. My, my, my husband's not going to do it. I'm going to take this into my own hands. She starts a process of deception, makes this happen. Jacob follows through with it. They are not trusting God. That's, it's just a simple thing. We've got to give her a little credit and break because uh, I, I'm, yeah, I know a lot of your stories. There's been a couple times you didn't trust God either. There's been a couple times I didn't trust God either. And I started making things happen because I don't know how this is going to possibly work out. So I'm going to change if God is, I'm going to make happen what I think God is doing. We need to let God do this. They start into motion a whole chain of events that changes everything. Jacob, who Rebecca loves, she's about to send him away for a couple of days. Says, if you've read this, you're like, a couple of days? That's what she says. He says, um... Obey my voice. Flee to your brother Laban and Haran. See, even that, or my brother Laban and Haran. Stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away. He's there for 20 years. Either he liked it a lot, which is actually, we find out that there's some things he has to stay there for a long time over. But also at the same time, he's like going, I don't know if Esau's wrath is going to turn away from me very quick. Okay? You're my favorite. I want you to be the head of the family. Oh, now you have to leave, which means he's not the head of the family. When he leaves, Isaac blesses him, which is cool. He leaves with nothing. No servants. He runs away. All of the blessings that he was supposed to get, he leaves behind. He worked so hard deceiving his brothers to get the blessing, to get the right of the firstborn, and he's leaving it all behind. When he goes in, we're going to see next week, he starts getting deceived by his future father-in-law. Everything is not going to plan. Yeah, we're going to be on this for a few weeks, so I can't give any more because there's some great lessons in here. It's just, hopefully you can, wow, this could be exciting if he ever lands the plane. (laughs) at some point I just want to give this at some point Isaac wakes up doesn't say that it says his eyes were dim some commentators say he was was spiritually dim he was he loved Esau and wanted to, to bless Esau verse 28 Rebecca kind of underhandedly convinces Isaac, you know, well, we don't even know that actually, if, if that's, that's it. But she does go to Isaac and say, listen, I'll die if my son marries one of these women, these Canaanite women here, because Esau's already married some women from the land. And, and she said, um, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth like those who are my daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? I apologize for some of you women who have a mother-in-law 
who feels the same way about you. That's what she's, you know. Um, she did not like her daughters-in-law. And so Isaac calls Jacob, and he blesses him, and he charges him, and he says to him, don't take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Why? He's going to his father. His father did the same thing for him. He's realizing, you know, Jacob is the one the blessing is going to come through. And it's really important. Esau, before the, the blessing was stolen from him, he already had wives from Canaan. He was, he was a man of the world. And his dad knew it. So I believe that he's now coming to his spiritual senses and he says, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply that you may be an assembly of peoples and give you the blessing of Abraham. His blessing a moment ago didn't include that. He knows Jacob is supposed to receive the blessing of Abraham and not Esau. And, and, and I don't know what kind of a change there is. He, he, there's, a, uh, there's actually a possibility that, that, uh, that that's all they were waiting for. And if they would have just waited, that Isaac would have blessed him with the same blessing. Don't take matters into your own hand. Don't try to manipulate God. Don't try to manipulate people. Be faithful. Do the right things for the right reason as you have a relationship with God. He doesn't have a relationship with God yet. He's about to have an experience with God, and even in that experience, he bargains with God, and he puts out this thing. At the end of this whole thing, he sees God. He says, if, if I come back here and I'm blessed and I do all these things, then I'll worship God. He's waiting. He's waiting. Don't be like Jacob. Don't wait any longer for more things to come to pass. Worship him now. Serve him now. Walk uprightly. Walk, pray, God, I don't even know how to walk uprightly. There's a song we used to sing. It comes from the scriptures. Change my heart, O God. One of the greatest prayers to pray is, not a, is about changing our heart because we can't do it on our own strength. You can't serve God just out of your will. You're going to fail, but if you'll be open and say, God, change my heart. What I, I say this is change my wanting. Sometimes we don't even want it. So a great prayer is, God, make me want to want it. That's a good prayer. You might be sitting out there going, man, nothing in me wants to give my life to Jesus and follow God today because I'm afraid. I'm afraid, and that's, that's normal. But here's a good starting prayer for you. I don't want to, but God, make me want to want to. Then when the want comes to you, then do it. Does that make sense? Well, I'm excited about these next couple of chapters. I hope you are too. I hope you come back and hear some more about Jacob because there's some good stories in here. We, we're going to press in, struggle through faith. We're gonna, we're gonna, and it, it is a, it's a faith struggle. We're going to pray. God, this life is a, is, a, is a struggle at times. Our faith is a struggle. It doesn't always come naturally for me. It doesn't always come naturally for us. God, teach us to keep struggling toward you, toward the things that you have for us and not away from them. 
God, I, I pray that you would change our heart and make our heart true. God, draw us closer to you. Help us to have encounters with you that would help us come to the end of ourselves and the beginning of our relationship in you. God, I pray that, that we would be people of integrity who are seeking the, the will of God for our lives and not just seeking blessings for ourselves. Bless me, bless me, bless me. But God, that we could be a people that are concerned about others and want to bless you with what, we, what you've given us. God, encourage each and every one of us to press in to you and press on. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to pray a blessing upon the Wests. God, Shana and Rick, and Tanner and Bridget, as you've blessed them to our, our, our little church for, for a couple of weeks, and now they're leaving us and going to, to Florida, that you would bless their travels. God, that you would open doors for them that you would draw them as a family and as individual closer to you, relying upon you. We pray you'd bless their marriage and their family, take care of their finances, keep their, their motorhome and their car and the tra everything running safely on this trip. God, and, and, and bless them as they, as they travel and let them be a blessing to the place that they go as they were a blessing even in these just few weeks that they were with us here. In Jesus' name, amen. amen, amen, amen. Hey, guys, I, I, they may hate me, but they're leaving, so I don't care. <laughs> they came here. They really felt the Lord was bringing them here. They tried to buy a house. That fell through. They got a rental. That ended up being a really sad catastrophe. They were supposed to move into their rental last Sunday night. They had worked all week getting it ready. They put out some money, and um, they've been living behind the church here until they got into a house. On, on Sunday, after church, right before the potluck last week, everything collapsed, and the, and the owner who had told them that they could have it said, things changed, you can't have the house anymore. They can't afford to get into a house here. They have an option back in Florida. Um, they're, they're leaving for that reason. I, and they probably don't want me to do this, but I, like I said, they spent money trying to get into the house. They might not have enough gas money to get to Florida. If you want to bless them, five, ten bucks, twenty bucks, to get their family across the country, if you want to bring, you know, they got some food, I don't know if they need any food, but do it. Just walk up, give them a hug, and put five or ten bucks in their hand. We're going to bless them and make sure, I don't want them to go, <sighs> that they're blessed all the way. Have a great day. We'll see you next Sunday.